everybody, and welcome back to the SCORE podcast, Inside College Admissions. I'm Ashley Smith, Director of Marketing at SCORE, and on today's episode, I am thrilled to welcome back Carolyn Kaplan, also known as Admissions Mom. If you haven't listened to our last podcast episode with her, I highly recommend that you check it out because we talked about an important topic, early decision rejection. We did record this episode during the ED timeframe in the fall, but the message can apply to any scenario where you don't get the result you're hoping for. Carolyn offers fantastic advice and ways to cope with the outcome. Hint, ice cream is involved. But today's conversation is going to focus on yet another important topic, parents and their role in the admissions process. Before we dive in, I'd love to give some background for our listeners who aren't familiar with Carolyn, aka admissions mom, just yet. First and foremost, she works as an independent educational consultant. She was a teacher for 30 years, a real-life mom of three, and she's very engaged, respected, and beloved in the popular subreddit Applying to College, also known as A2C. Welcome back, Carolyn. We are so excited to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Absolutely. So to give our listeners some context, I remember after we wrapped our last episode, we had a conversation about parents in the admissions process. And you absolutely have fantastic perspective on this and some important messages for both students and parents slash guardians. So in order to get this conversation started, can you share with us some observations about how you have seen parents role either increase or decrease in admissions over the past couple of years? Yeah, I can. I've seen that the the whole the level of anxiety obviously for everybody has just increased so much, you know, being at home and having your kids around in your space and you know, just the circumstances of the last few years have certainly increased just the levels of anxiety in general. Absolutely. But, you know, what I've seen a lot of parents doing is kind of taking the reins of the college admissions process rather than kind of going along with their kids or, you know, back in my day when my kids graduated, my last one graduated in 2014. So we were the helicopter parents. We were the ones who were like hovering above their kids. And then you had like the sidecar parents, right? Who were just like right next to their kids. And now I'm kind of like, feel like I'm seeing like the parents pulling the wagon almost like, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They're the ones kind of, especially with college admissions, I think frequently taking the reins of the process, trying to take over the process. And to me, that's really sad because it shows a lack of faith in your child, a lack of faith in your parenting. Um, And that's definitely something I I would like to address today. Not every parent. There's still a lot Mm -hmm. of parents out there who are, you know, helicoptering or even allowing like complete independence. And those are the parents I tend to work with the most, to be honest with, but um, I have seen a shift kind of in the overall feeling from parents also. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good perspective to have too, in terms of why some of that anxiety has increased. Like you said, it it has across the board for obvious reasons related to the pandemic. But for those who are, I believe you used pulling the wagon now at this point. I just made that up. I (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) We'll go with it. I think it's great. Um, Just that, you know, a high level, what would you encourage them to think about? Because I believe that, you know, obviously parents and guardians want what is best for their student and they may not even realize that they're doing this. So what's some perspective that you can kind of shed some light on and just some things for them to keep in their mind as they are trying to help, but maybe doing a little too much. 
Yeah, I think another metaphor might be Uber driving their kids, like, Ooh, you know, being like, that. Driver. like, that's one thing I tell to all my potential students and families is like, I'm not your Uber driver, like dropping you off at college, mm-hmm. you know, you're in the driver's seat, I'm here to provide assistance to provide support to provide resources and materials, but like you're driving. And I think it's important, I guess, for parents to kind of take on that role of probably for the first time of allowing your child to really enact and take hold of all the lessons you've been teaching them their whole mm-hmm. life, you know, to grow up, to be independent, like everything you've been working for, now's the time to allow that to happen. And sure. faith in your child and in your parenting that it can and it will happen because of that and because of some of those tendencies and things that are maybe not happening or that are happening that you don't really realize are putting pressure on your student. Is there anything that you can encourage them with? So, I mean, translating with what you just said, I mean, it could be like have faith in the student and also, and and this is just, you know, from the outside, I, I don't have kids of my own. So shoot down this perspective, but I think it's, not a good test, but a good way to see how students will, you know, start to navigate things on their own. So I think it's an important learning and growing process for them. Absolutely. And I think also the recognition, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the fall when we talked, the recognition that some stress is good for you, Mm -hmm. that by allowing your children to feel, feel that stress, by allowing them to know that they can be really stressed out that life can be really awful and not go their way and to learn that they're still going to be okay from that is huge and you know that goes to the whole story about the trees did i talk about the trees in the last one i think you did but if you can kind of speak to it again again so and i don't know how true this story is so it's a complete metaphor but i you know didn't make it up i did somewhere. (laughs) Um, There was this biosphere back in the 90s in Arizona. I am not a botanist. So if you're a botanist, please don't come correcting my, you know, level of understanding of trees. Um, But there was this biosphere and they were trying to figure out how to grow plants that could possibly like be able to last on other planets and, and, and other, you know, universes in case that like we get kicked off basically. And so they made this huge biosphere and they planted all these trees and these trees grew like really, really fast because they mm-hmm. had perfect soil, they had perfect temperature, perfect conditions, but the trees as they were growing really fast started falling over. Mm-hmm. And what they realized was that there was no wind. They hadn't recreated the level of wind that the trees needed to be pushing on them. And so they weren't creating stress bark is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they were, they were tall and they were beautiful, but they weren't strong because they'd never had anything pushing on them. And I think that's so important for our children to have experienced, not that they haven't in the last two years, because I know they have mm-hmm. experienced great stress, but also like experiencing this kind of stress that's more personal on them to learn that it's gonna be really bad. Like it might be horrible and they're still gonna be okay. And yes. learning that lesson throughout their lives, but especially as a teenager um, is going to enrich them and make them stronger in the end. And I think by us as parents, and believe me, I'm a parent who was definitely a helicopter mom. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I mm-hmm. definitely tried to shield my kids and tried to protect them, but you know, even now when they're in their twenties and thirties, you know, but like learning as a parent that like, they have to go through that. You can't go through that for them. Sure. And, and allowing that kind of understanding for them and 
just kind of reassessing your faith and reaffirming your faith in them all along. Like you can get through this. You're going to be okay. You know, life is really bad sometimes, but it gets better, you know, and you're going to go through. Yeah. And it helps prepare them because you're right. Not everything is, you know, great all the time. And I think I said this last time we spoke to one of the things that we talk about at score often is that like, this is one of the first big adult decisions a student will make. So from the parent side, as you said, you know, believing in them to, you know, get through this process is so important. And at the same time, taking ownership of that as, as a student and really looking at how you can set yourself up to find a place that's going to work best for you, no matter what the school may end up being. So I I love that. And I love the tree metaphor analogy. It's wonderful. So before we move on to the next part, is there anything for students that you would want to communicate to them who maybe they don't have a helicopter parent or some the Uber driver parent? Is there any like perspective you can give to them for those who have a less involved parent or guardian? Yeah, for sure. And, and also to parents who might be less involved, there is a fine balance. I mean, we talk about this on applying to college a lot on the subreddit from the kids who have parents who are too involved and overly involved from the kids who are like, wow, I wish my parents like would pay attention at all, you know? So like there is a balance. There are certain things as I'm going to talk to the parents first about this. There are certain things as a parent you absolutely have to be involved in. You have to be involved in the financial aspects. And I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit more later. Yes. You have to be, I feel like you have to be involved in the list in some way because you have an understanding of the distance that you're comfortable with your child being away from home. You have an understanding of the finances. Again, there are certain things that I think are family decisions, Mm -hmm. child and parent. Um, And if you're not involved at all, then that puts a lot of responsibility on the child. And often they can't do the financial forms on their own. Even if you don't speak the language, they still need you to sit with them while they can translate for you. And they have to have an understanding that like you care about this and that you're not just like totally putting it away. Now, I'm going to talk to the kids. There are a lot of you who come from non-college going cultures or your parents you know, or from somewhere completely different. They don't have an understanding of how it works. And they're like, "Uh, you just kind of deal with this. That's a fact of life. You're going to have to explain to your parents that they have to help you with the financial part, period. Mm -hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts with that. But the other thing you have to realize is that this is an opportunity for you to really grow as a person. And one thing you're going to have to learn to do is to ask questions. Yes. You're going to have to ask questions of your teachers. You're going to have to ask questions of your school counselor. You're going to have to come find people like me out there or, you know, score who have people who want to help you to ask questions. You're going to have to ask questions of the colleges. Do not be afraid of asking questions in a lot of cultures. Children asking questions is not really looked well upon mm-hmm. children are supposed to accept what's given to them, but not ask. This is the time when you have to kind of break out of that framework and mindset. You have to ask questions. So my mom raised me, and this is something she taught me, is like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're not out there squeaking, then you're not going to get taken care of. So you can't just like sit by quietly. You're going to have to take a little more responsibility for this and just start asking questions. And honestly, I think it should start probably in ninth grade so that you can start learning as much as possible. And hopefully Ashley will tell you how to get in touch with me. I'm happy. I answer questions all day long. 
So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, it, it's such a good point. Um, there are people out there who can and are more than willing and happy to help facilitate in the process. So we'll obviously point you to reaching out to admissions mom slash Carolyn to, for help and advice, but it's such a good reminder that there are people out there, even when it can feel lonely, if you don't have the support that you would hope to have. But as you said, teachers, other people, other resources, it's, it's just really good to keep that in mind. You're not alone is the message that I oh, And the colleges. Absolutely. The, college, the admissions offices at the college are great at, at sharing advice and, and helping you guide you through and just guiding you to resources. Yes, absolutely. So I want to flip the perspective a little bit. For those students who have parents or guardians who are hyper involved, and it can add an additional level of stress for them. What are some things that that a child can do to help with that process? Because it's probably very different than, you know, what they're used to doing and being able to speak to it in a way that the message will be received and bring awareness to it, I think is incredibly important for students. Yeah. So, I mean, first, I'm going to say that most parents, I hope I can say most parents are coming at this from a place of love. Mm -hmm. I know not I know not all parents are. But most parents and, and guardians are coming at this from a place of love and from a place of fear. Mm. Uh, having your child who you have, you know, raised since they were a baby or been responsible for in some way for a long period of time, the thought of them going off on their own is terrifying. And it's because I, for a lot of parents, it's terrifying to think if you can do it, first of all. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're ready, and also, are you going to be the reflection on them that they want? Mm. And so many factors go into this. And so I think as a kid, as a teenager, uh, you know, almost a young adult, really, many of you are having an understanding of where your parents are coming from, I think is huge. And recognizing that because a lot of parents are not good at showing that. Yeah, and they're not good at explaining. And I know a lot of kids think their parents like all they care about is rankings, right? Like, that's the only thing my parents care about is like the ranking of the college I get into. And I think for you to understand that it's probably less about the rankings and more about their fear of your future and of what's going to happen and and their love for you. They're just not really good at sharing that. And here's what I suggest you do with them. Communicate, even if you don't think your parents want to communicate put your phone down mm-hmm. and communicate and talk to them. And talking is a two-way street. Talking is explaining your feelings, your thoughts, and then you listen. And then you reflect back to your parents what you heard them say, even if you don't agree with it. Then at least they'll know you're listening to them. Because I think, you know, so many of us get stuck on our phones or on our computers and like we're like, uh-huh, 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 go away. Right. And so put your phone away, act and it's called active listening, right? Where you yes. like say to them, like, oh, I heard you say that it's really important for me to go to this kind of a college. And I understand why that's important to you. Yeah. But let me explain to you why I want to. Mm-hmm. And I also recommend that kids teens, I'm trying to stop using the word kids, teenagers and young adults, really spend their own time doing their research and actively looking for what they want out of a college and what they need out of a college. 
and be able to show your parents that you've done that. Like, don't just do that. And then, you know, just say that, like, show them, like, show them, you know, this college is great for me because it has this major that I really want. And, you know, these people get out and get these jobs or this professor is doing this research, like show them all this amazing research that you're doing. So do the research and then be able to show them. And I really feel like it's just kind of, if you can almost set an example for your parents mm -hmm. um, of a way to sit and listen to somebody else and communicate, at least you've done your part. I'm not saying every parent's going to come back and be willing to talk about it with you or say anything, but you know, it has to be my way, but at least you've done, at least you've tried. And yeah. that's the best you can do. Absolutely. And the thing that I love about that is not only does this apply to the college admission space, but it's, you know, developing those communication skills are going to pay off, you know, in the long run, whether it's in a job or whatever it may be, it's really important, as you said, to be an active listener. So it shows that you're not just ignoring what they say, even if you are countering it. So it's, it's definitely an incredibly impactful skill that will pay off a lot in the long run. And I, I just think that it, it's hard, right? Like it, it can be really hard and uncomfortable, but it, you know, you want to be able to have the conversation. Maybe it's a little tough in the beginning, or maybe you don't see eye to eye, but then eventually, hopefully you can come to a path of at least understanding, if not, you know, complete agreement. So I, I think that's so important. Right. The other thing too that, that you mentioned when it comes to rankings and, you know, there, there are a lot of perceptions about, uh, you know, what school is best. And I think that that can carry weight with certain parents. And one of the things that we always really try to emphasize and lean into at SCORE is helping students find their fit. And as I said, that can have different meanings to different parents because maybe they have a vision of my student is an individual who would do really well at XYZ school, but maybe there are different fit factors there. So when it comes to finding fit and really assessing that in more detail, other than just, you know, the high level things, whether it's the, the brand associated with the school or just simply looking at who's typically accepted, what kind of questions would you recommend that a parent or guardian asks of their teen to be able to better find that fit? Yeah. I mean, and that's a, that's a hard question. I mean, I think for all sorts of parents, for parents who don't have like an extensive knowledge of colleges across the United States, obviously that's really hard. And that's most parents, you know, we mostly know what's available to us close by. And then some people have the rankings that they focus on for a certain segment of parents. I'm going to say, get rid of your idea of what you want in the back of your car for a bumper sticker or what you yes. want to brag about at a cocktail party. You know, you just have to let go of that or your, your group chat with your friends. I think you just kind of have to allow yourself to let go of that. This is where it gets difficult though, with like then learning about colleges. What I do with students, and I think this is, and parents can do this, is I have my kids imagine themselves in college. What does it look like next year? What is, like physically, what does it look like? What do the buildings look like? You know, sure. like, are they old? Are they new? Are they fancy? Or are they in the middle of a city? Or is there a quad? Like really totally imagine the physicalness of it. And then I write all that down. And then like, and then what do you imagine yourself in class? Are you in a small class in a seminar where there's discussion? Um, are you in a big lecture where you're just sitting and taking notes? Or are you, do you want a mix of that? And then what do you imagine yourself doing on a Wednesday night? Are mm -hmm. you at the library? Are you hanging out with friends? Are you, you know, going to a professor's house to have a dinner? 
And then what do you imagine yourself doing on a Saturday afternoon? Are you going to the big football game? Are you wanting to get together with a small group of friends and go into the city? Are you doing something outdoorsy, hiking, biking, skiing, you mm -hmm. know, all the different things. And then what are you doing on a Sunday evening? Like the different times of the week, are you back to studying with friends? Are you, you know, still wanting to continue on that party atmosphere from the weekend? Like, where is it? And then just kind of taking all these different questions and I kind of call it create a college of like all the different aspects of what college could be like. And here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get kids away from this idea of a dream college. I think the idea of a dream college is really, really harmful. Yes. Um, and so I want them to create their dream college, basically, of what they think, what they imagine. And then from that, you come up with a list of colleges who can fit in those areas, in those ideas. And there's, you know, what you'll find is that there are a lot of colleges out there. I definitely recommend. Can I show a book? Sure, absolutely. I find the FISK guide, F-I-S-K-E guide to be really helpful. Just kind of like reading about different colleges and learning about them. But there's, you know, the internet is great too. I mean, there's all sorts of great guides out there to help you. You can also go to the applying to college subreddit and ask and just say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And then a bunch of people are going to shout out different choices for you. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how I think about it in turn. And then also don't forget the most important part of fit is financial. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's what you as parents have to help with. Yeah. And then I, you know, major, if they have a particular major or interest that they want to follow. So. Yeah. There's, there's so many layers and I love how you spoke to learning styles. One of our advisors, Peter Van Buskirk, he always talks about how it's really important to understand what type of classroom environment you're most successful in. And sometimes those things can be, I don't want to say put on the back burner because that may not be the right way to put it, but that's so incredibly important to understanding whether you'll be successful there. So there's so many different scenarios and there's a lot to consider. So it's, it's, it's great advice to be able to look at it holistically. And as you said, kind of like create your own college to get a better sense of, hmm, which may align with what I'm looking for there. And the best way to kind of have kids start thinking about that is to get them on college campuses. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to pay for airfare to go across the country. Right. Just go to the closest college campuses to you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now if you don't live in a city, you might have to drive a little bit, but you know, I know here in Houston, you can go see Rice, which is a mid news university, University of Houston, which is a large public university, University of St. Thomas, which is a, more of a small liberal arts college. And just by visiting those three colleges, you can see, you can visibly watch your children and see how they react to the energy. Yeah. I know with my, I mean, some kids react stronger than others. My young son, my youngest son, when we would visit colleges, I was for sure, like, I knew he needed to go to a smaller liberal arts college. Like, I just yeah. had it in my head. That's what he needed to do. And I would take him to visit them. And every single time we would yeah. go visit one, he would, like, get a stomach ache. And yeah. Like we would just have to leave. And so eventually I had to give up that. And we went to visit USC, which he didn't get accepted to, but it was really telling when we went to visit, all of a sudden he had energy and like, mm -hmm. he was, oh my God, this is so cool. And like, just the bustling of the people and like the sleepy liberal arts college wasn't working for him. It wasn't, no matter what I thought, right? I mean, it wasn't what he wanted and what he felt right with. And he wanted the energy of a big buzzing place. And that was really telling then when he, you know, kind of moved to create his list. 
Yeah. And that's such a good point. I love that you emphasize that as well. You don't have to travel across the country to see that particular school go to, you know, wherever is close by that has the same type of look and feel that you think you're looking for. It's, it's great advice because, you know, it, it can be costly to, to do a lot of these trips and, you know, making the most of what you have around you is, is going to be critical. So that's great. And, and that, and it helps them imagine themselves on campus if they've mm-hmm. actually been on campus. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit about stress that can be created by parents when, you know, a teen is starting to look, and then there could be other layers that are, you know, influencing the student as well, such as, you know, it, it's not maybe just about the search and discovery process. It could be that plus the parent, plus trying to maintain other things, whether it's sports or whatever it may be around them. So is there, is there any advice that you could give to a parent just about like having perspective for the students day to day too, that could help make or foster a better connection with the teen when they're starting down this lane? Yeah, I think, I'm not sure if this is where you're going and I have a few Mm -hmm. things to say, but I think one of the most important parts is to respect that they have a lot of other things going on in their lives besides college admissions. And I definitely recommend that you create either an, an, no college talk zone or no college talk spaces or college talk zone. So with my kids, and this is something that I learned in my kids' high schools, but I've heard a lot of other people do that. Um, We had it where we could only discuss college admissions at the kitchen table on Sundays, period. Oh, yeah. It was off limits. Mm -hmm. And so the kids didn't feel like every time they sat down to dinner, that like, oh my God, I'm going to get quizzed again. And I'm like, I was a teacher all of my life. I'm obsessed with college admissions. I was, mm-hmm. kids went through it, obsessed with all things education. And it was really important, I think, to do that because I want, I'm just totally curious and interested in it. And I wanted to talk about college admissions all the time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was helpful to make that rule. And so yeah. like, kids knew that like, you know, Monday through Saturday, it wasn't good. They weren't going to be grilled. They weren't going to be like, what are you thinking now? What are you, what are you going to do? Have you done this? Have you done that? You know, it was more like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to put it aside. I knew that I could talk about it on Sundays because that was agreed. We like sat down as a family and agreed. And so I knew that I could hold on and talk about it on Sunday. And the kids knew that like, I would respect the Monday through Saturday if they would sit and talk to me on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so that worked out really well. Some people have it where like it's not allowed in the car. And um, some people have where it's only allowed in the car. You kind of have to like feel your yeah. family, feel what works. But if they know that they're not just going to get hit with it all the time, that can really help kind of create the sense of safety and also an acknowledgement that there's more to life than applying to college. Yeah, even when you're in the mix, even when you're in the whole mix of it. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I love kind of you know, creating that environment because it can have an unintended effect because, you know, in your scenario, when you were curious to talk about it, but maybe the teen just didn't want to write that and it could create and layer on even more anxiety in the process. So that's, I, I love that, like setting some ground rules, especially for those who are extremely involved and are doing it, you know, with the best intentions, because they really want their student to do well, but that, that's an awesome practice. Are there any other examples of those types of scenarios that you have heard work with other families? I know you mentioned the car, you know, maybe it's student initiated or parent initiated, but I, I love being able to put practices in. I tell students all the time to initiate that. I think one other thing that can really be helpful 
for both parents and students is to eliminate how many people you talk to in your daily life about it, about college admissions. You know, I know as a parent, like you and your friends want to talk about it all the time, but that rumor mill and that mommy like stress really amps up and you're getting a lot of times you're getting really false information. I would definitely recommend that you not talk about college admissions with your friends uh, as (laughs) much as possible. I mean, I know sometimes you need your own stress relief. Like you need to be able to talk about things that are stressing you out, but then pick a pick two or three friends, not just like the whole big rumor mill where like, did you hear this? And did you hear that? And this and this and this, and how did this kid not get in? And like, nobody can get into college, right? Like it's just impossible. And you know, the whole thing that I hear from, from the moms who come to me as a kid, I I definitely a hundred percent recommend that you do do not talk about college admissions at school with your friends, period. And as a parent, you can help them with that by telling them not to, and then they can blame you. If you say, we don't want you talking about college admissions with your friends, then when their friends want to talk about that, they can just say, hey, you know what? My parents have asked me not to do that, and I'm going to respect what they say. Because it gets very tricky, especially when you're a kid applying to highly selective, highly rejective colleges. And the odds are great that you're not going to get in no matter how amazing you are and everybody knows you're applying to these colleges and then when you have to like say oh well no i didn't get in anywhere which happens to a lot of kids it's much harder than just having nobody known your business yeah yeah i feel like that was one of the things where my in my kids school that, that also they protected the kids with and it was just like there was just no college talk period in school yeah um, and among friends and it allowed them to focus on being a senior in high school mm-hmm. and other fun stuff and just instead of just spending all their that doesn't mean that like you don't sit and talk to a friend about sure. like how can i help you or you know being there supportive for them during hard times but if it's just not the culture of the school i think it can really help absolutely and it too often turns into a conversation of benchmarking and status for both the you know students and parents so right it's it's one of those things that you absolutely don't want it to influence your decision and that's easier said than done but if you hear and are having a lot of conversations with others who are having thoughts or perspectives that may not align with what's best for you that can get really hard for for students and teens i mean it's it, it's hard enough as it is so that's I, I love that as well and it's also good to be able to establish that group of individuals that are really great trusted resources that have what's best for you at the heart of everything that they're doing, not just saying I did X or I got X, Y, Z. Yeah, I have to talk about a couple of, a, a couple of parents that we have had on um, A2C. A2C is the nickname for the subreddit applying to college over the years because it's been really great. They've What they've done is channeled all this energy that they have about college admissions because they've gotten so into it because of their kids going through it and they like but they don't want to overwhelm their kids with it so they come on a2c and they give advice to other kids who are dying for advice who (laughs) want advice you know and it's been amazing that's a nice little parent thing we have going on with these parents who have developed knowledge they've done the research they've learned they want to be a part of it but like for their kids it would be too much like me and so they can come on and find the kids who don't have that who don't have the parents who don't have the knowledge that they need and don't have access to it necessarily in their school and so if you have all that built-up energy and you want to talk about college admissions with kids we'd love to have you identify as a parent come on start sharing your knowledge in a very respectful 
way. Right. Yeah. And we are strict with adults on there for sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but in a very respectful way to kids, if you're finding that you're just overwhelmed with anxiety about college admissions, or you just like have a lot of energy and you want to talk about a college admissions, jump on. We've got Mm -hmm. 750,000 people wanting to talk to you. So it's a good way to kind of get it out of your system and not have to be like in your real life with everybody in your real life, knowing your business. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great and supportive community. And we'll make sure that we put notes in the episode just about where people can turn to, whether it's parent or students to make sure that they're plugged in the way they want to be. So that's great. The last topic that I have for today is one that we alluded to a little bit in the beginning, and it's all around the financial implications of college. And it's an extremely important conversation. So how would you recommend that a parent and student sit down and talk about this? And, and what, what are the best ways that they can, number one, communicate with each other, but perspectives and things to keep in mind as they are making some of these decisions as it relates to the financial side of this? I mean, I think the most important thing is recognition that it has to be discussed. You yes. cannot shield your children from this information because it absolutely has to be discussed. I cannot tell you right now how many kids have gotten into their top choice schools that they worked so hard to be accepted to, and then their parents tell them that they can't afford it. Oh, and it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking because that conversation wasn't had earlier on. It mm -hmm. wasn't so just it, it might be a really tough conversation. You might not qualify for very much financial aid. And mm -hmm. it might be a tough conversation to say to your kids, look, I'm sorry, but like we can't pay fifty thousand, sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollars a year for college yeah. because we have to take care of your grandparents or we have these loans or whatever like mm -hmm. and, and, and a little bit of an explanation can be helpful you don't need to go into the nitty-gritty with them but a little bit of an explanation can be helpful and so i mean one thing i do with my private students is i have the parents sit down with the kids right at the beginning and i'm like i don't need to know this information as your consultant but the kids need to know and then i need to know they were looking for schools that have financial aid that have merit aid and another thing you need to know as a parent, and this is why it's important to kind of figure this all out in the beginning, is just because you don't qualify for a lot of financial aid uh -huh. doesn't mean your child won't qualify for a lot of merit aid. And that's a different list of colleges that you're looking at. And so then you have to think more strategically about where your kid fits in, you know, to the top 75% of this school in, uh -huh. in various ways, whether it's through extracurriculars or stats, you know, and so... That's a different set of circumstances. So that's important just to have the conversation at all. Then you really, really must do the net price calculator for all the colleges on your list. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't look like it's gonna work and they don't have merit aid, your kid's not gonna get the merit aid. I would take that school off your list. It's too much work for the kids to do to apply. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. And then obviously filling out the FAFSA and all the paperwork in October, but I think this net price calculator where it needs to be done earlier as the kids and families are creating the college list. And that's why I say the college list is a family affair. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having that conversation upfront and early is also another tool slash communication method that can help build that trust and transparency in the process. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then there are kids who need to know that like, 
oh, well, I probably need to go to schools that mostly only give complete financial aid because mm -hmm. my parents can't give, can't pay anything. And honestly, I feel like as a parent, it's your right to decide how much money you want to contribute to your child's college education. And even if you can't afford it and you decide you don't want to pay any for whatever reason, like that doesn't really matter to me, as long as the kid knows right. so that they plan and so that they can figure this out as they move forward. Yeah. And I also think one of the big things to lean into as well is that, you know, a student can be successful wherever they go. And even if it isn't financially in the cards, they're may not be your preferred path, but there is a path for you. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. so many great paths out there. And, you know, we're talking about a lot of right now about zigging and zagging and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like figuring out all the lessons you learn on that way. Absolutely. So is there anything else before we wrap that you would like to share with our parent audience as it relates to their involvement in this process that we may not have touched on today? Um, a couple of things. So I think, first of all, acknowledging with your children that this is a stressful experience, mm -hmm. you know, don't try to sugarcoat it. You know, you can tell them from the beginning, this is stressful. And if you're stressed out about it, you can tell them that too, but you can also exemplify for them, like how you handle the stress and how you can get through it, but allowing them to feel their feelings about it, allowing them to be really upset about something that doesn't go their way, or if an essay isn't working or whatever, you know, you are there as a support system. You're not there to drive the Uber or pull the wagon. Mm -hmm. You are there as a support system for the kids who are lucky enough to have that. You know, not every kid does, as we've talked about. I think though, the most important thing you can do is celebrate their application submission. Yes. When they have submitted an application, that's the time to really celebrate, right? Like, oh my God, you did that. You worked so hard to get those applications done. And this is what we've been working for all along. Mm -hmm. And that is an amazing accomplishment. It's a huge milestone. Needs to be celebrated. Huge milestone. And it's exciting for the kids when they've done it. The look on their faces when they're like, oh my God, I just applied to college. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that, you know? And celebrating that, being excited about that, just get it in your mindset. That's the celebration. And then letting them know repeatedly throughout the year, but especially as it gets to be decision time, before they get the decisions, how proud you are of them for mm -hmm. everything they've done. And let them hear that over and over and say to them, I don't care about the decisions. I am so proud of you because of what you have done to get here. The decisions are based on a few sheets of paper that some random person who has no idea who you are is reading yeah. It, yeah. I understand it's going to hurt you, but like, I'm not worried about that. I know you're going to be okay no matter what. And I'm so proud of you and allowing them to hear that repeatedly, I think is important during this year and letting them know that, you know, that they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. No matter where they go to college, they're going to be okay. And if they're not okay, if they're still really stressed out and anxious about it, you're going to help them figure out a way through that and how to move forward with that. Absolutely. This process is a journey and as you said, you got to celebrate all the different parts of it, not just the final outcome. I love that. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for spending time with us. We always love to hear your thoughts and perspectives. They're incredibly impactful for our audiences. And we just can't say enough how grateful we are to, to have you on. So that is a wrap for today. Thank you for having me.